0: the lady of the house at home. Home, home,
1: home,
0: home.
1: You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta, at the University of Calgary campus radio station, located on Treaty 7 land. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to Metis Nation of Alberta Region 3.
0: Welcome to Ya yeah, What She Said on CJSW 90.9. My name is Adora Wonfor, and we are talking menopause. The second puberty. It is September and back to school. And I was thinking, hmm, what was happening to me 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago? Well, it wasn't what's happening now, because what's happening now is that my body is doing different things. So I thought I would bring in some fantastic folks to discuss what they know about menopause. So, I brought a doctor.
2: So, I'm Rochelle Schindler. I'm a resident physician in public health and preventive medicine. Um, and I have a special interest in sexual health. <gasps> I love that
0: so much because I feel like we think that old ladies don't f have sex. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like we do because I'm thinking about it often.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, P- sex is normal for everybody. Like.
0: If that's what you want to do, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And then I brought in, Jen,
1: I also forgot your last name. So I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. I'm Jennifer Adams, and I am a professor of urban science education, but I'm here to talk about menopause. It's really interesting how you said urban science education
0: Um, But you're giving us your personal experience with menopause. So I'm going to start out by asking you, as somebody who knows a lot about science, what was the experience for you when menopause began? Like, how did you feel and what triggered you or what was the reason that you
1: were like, hey, something's going on. I need to have a conversation. Well, I guess... In looking at you know the research, perimenopause happens for a long time, and I've noticed fluctuations in my in my period you know it's going longer, it's going shorter it's um you know it's heavier, it's full of clots or it's very light or everything and I've noticed these changes over time, but I've also suffered with fibroids, uterine fibroids, so mm-hmm. I kind of attributed it to that, but when my periods became less and less, and every month I would like you know go to like the thrift way on the corner and buy the pregnancy test and it was, and i'm like oh <laughs> maybe this is what's happening but it really didn't dawn on me that you know it was actually the menopause the pause when I started to get the hot flashes
0: and that was like for me
1: the defining moment
0: that you needed to go and talk to somebody yes so I love how you said that you went to go get the pregnancy (laughs) test I really feel like those pregnancy tests would sell a whole lot more if they showed more people who were happy that it wasn't positive yes yes Because not everybody wants to be a parent all the time. So now I'm going to swing to you, Rochelle, and ask you, what is it that people would come to a doctor to ask about if they were feeling like, hmm, something's off and they're of a certain age? Because I feel like this is our second puberty and people don't talk about it. And it was a long time before we even were discussing puberty or... Um, like periods and vulva Thank you for saying period, mm-hmm. <laughs> vaginas and vulvas, and and you know, sexual health that is s- focused on uteruses. So this is he- hello, everybody. It's Adora, and we are not talking the binary. So if you have a uterus, you could experience menopause, correct, Rochelle?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really the the ovaries themselves. So some people, for example, if they have their uterus taken out, but they keep their ovaries, they don't experience menopause immediately and they go through it naturally. Whereas some people, for example, if you have like endometriosis, you might have everything taken out, in which case you have sort of a surgically induced menopause. But basically menopause, everyone who starts ovulating because they have ovaries and they have particular hormones that uh, cause them to go through puberty will ultimately go through menopause in one form or another. It just means you stop ovulating. But that's not why people go to the doctor. No one comes in is like, hey, I think I'm not ovulating anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the people who don't wake up um, in a red mess... (laughs) Don't just show up at the doctor because like there's there's stigmatism with your period. It's not pleasant for everybody. Um, But so say you're of a certain age, let's say you're 45 Mm -hmm. and you are no longer having a period. What I'm hearing from you is that people don't go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm not having a period anymore. What what kind of things would So basically, people, I'm telling you, if you don't have your period anymore, maybe talk to your doctor. But (laughs) our doctor here is going to tell us some other reasons why you might want to uh, take a visit.
2: Yeah, so menopause and perimenopause. So perimenopause is sort of that time that Jen was talking about before you actually stop ovulating. Um, So during that period, you kind of can get all the same symptoms. And there's kind of three general categories. There's the stuff that's genitourinary, basically stuff that's happening in your genitalia and urinary system and then there's the brain stuff and then there's kind of the everything else brain stuff stuff. yeah and everything wow (laughs) i just thought i'm peeing a lot (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like some people can go because of irregular periods um this isn't always the reason that people go for care because some people have irregular periods their entire life and so you know, um, it may be that someone's like, "Well, hey, I've been on the birth control pill for forever, and all of a sudden now I'm getting breakthrough bleeding in my late 30s, early 40s." Then they might present for that reason. Um, but if you're always irregular and you're continuing to be irregular, that might not prompt someone to come in. Um, but then there's like the other pieces where it's like you start to get some vaginal dryness, which can lead to painful sex. Right. Um, so that might be a reason someone comes in, um, or um like you mentioned like frequent urination or like loss of control of your bladder muscles because your muscle tone gets not great so do your kegels (laughs) i was just gonna say get those kegels
0: in and do not be ashamed to get some lube yep i hope that that's okay here cjsw we we gonna get lube
2: yes and water-based
0: water-based
2: okay (laughs) good to know hey girl you thought you were solid year around age the process of menopause
1: you are listening to yeah what she said on cgsw 90.9 fm where host adora is in conversation with rochelle schindler and jennifer adams about menopause when it comes to fertility things can get hairy not talking
2: about and and then changes in sex drive as well. Um, it's usually as people age, they're less concerned about changes in their sex drive if it's dropping off, but some people might feel like it's a really important part of their you know relationship and you right. know so it's it's concerning for them. Um so those are kind of like the the genital issues. Um, other reasons people might present is they might not realize it's actually symptoms of menopause or perimenopause um so that's the brain stuff where they might be like you know my brain's just kind of cloudy or i'm really tired all the time you know the hot flashes are sort of classic everyone knows that one um but you can also get like uh the night sweats where you're just waking up in drenched sheets which can be a (laughs) sign of a lot of different things um and if you google it google is definitely going to tell you it's cancer Um, oh oh, wow (laughs) good to know yeah it causes lots of things can cause it but you know it's the sort of thing where people like this is really weird um or like just random chills. Um, And then there's like mood issues. So you might have more mood swings, sort of that, like you said, that second puberty um, around having some mood issues. Um, And then sleep as well can be a big problem for people in this time.
0: Right. I'm going to ask you, Jen, uh, what is it that kind of, what is it that you felt was, the most challenging for you on this this perimenopausal, menopausal journey?
1: Um, the hot flashes definitely were. And that's why I bring them up a lot because I found that those to be most distressing because they're a visible sign and mm-hmm. it's also not comfortable. Like everybody else is nice and dry and here you are dripping <laughs> in sweat. Like, like, and literally, and I am like a, more than the glow more and I'm sweaty person to begin with, because I do work out a lot. And I'm just naturally sweaty. And so when the hot flashes started kicking in, it just really ramped that up. And you know, if I'm talking to people, or if I'm at a meeting, or I'm sitting with students, and all of a sudden, I start to sweat, mm-hmm. and having them go, professor are you okay and you know that's not fun or standing on the subway and just watching like sweat drip down the Ooh, creases of my crease. elbows wow and that's one thing i know that when i talk to other women that are going through the same thing that we're like you know or other people that are going through the same thing we're like i didn't even know i had pores in certain areas and they're just like <laughs> it, you know things are just like it's like dripping i feel like the wow. um i don't know the tin man in the whiz when he started crying and you know like, <laughs> like everywhere yeah, was yeah. spouting
0: water yeah. That's very interesting. I wonder if there are any products on the market that help you with that. I uh, okay, I'm seeing some shaking hands and some because like everything doesn't necessarily have a medication to fix it.
1: <laughs> Right. Well, it, I went on hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Right. And did, yeah. did that help you? Ultimately, it did. Okay. After a while. I mean, I tried all of the natural stuff. I mean, my bathroom cabinet looks like a menopause pharmacy. <laughs> I tried the black cohosh. I tried red clover. I, You know, I tried it all and it just didn't work. And so I just decided, even though I know the risks associated with hormone replacement therapy, I just said, you know what? F it. This is what I'm going to do. Right right yeah
0: so thank you for giving us an f and not the Uh whole four letters (laughs) um and i do that sometimes sorry Mm -hmm. cjsw um what is very interesting to me is that you said that you were opening you were open to trying different methods yeah uh so you were saying for you specifically so i want people to know that this is not saying you should or should not do any of these things. This is a conversation Mm -hmm. uh, to hear different things that people have done. So for me, I feel like I'm self-diagnosing. I have not gone to my doctor yet. (laughs) I'm in perimenopause because I'm not sleeping. My mood is not great. I'm peeing all the time. And um, though I, I, I can say that, uh, my libido is down, where mm-hmm. I'm still not doing as much as I want to do, so um thank you, universe. <laughs> That's but... actually
2: interesting because there's some studies that sh- that uh that have looked at people's behavior during menopause and actually in early perimenopause um sexual drive can go up before <laughs> ultimately going down, so I'm just putting that out there. You could be in that phase so
0: um, yeah. <laughs> To be quite honest, it's never been enough. But <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a single person, so it doesn't always happen when I want it to happen. And um, I feel like the reason why we're having this conversation partly is not just for, you know, the binary women, um, but also for men to hear that, hey, these are some of the things that are going on. Uh, and people in general to be able to have that conversation and say, hmm, I'm not really comfortable. Where I'm going now is that we're still kind of at the beginning. So if I came to my general practitioner, not necessarily a public health and preventive medicine, I'm going to say you're a specialist because you know more than me. If I came to you and said, hey, I'm tired and I hate everybody, And um, I'm peeing two times a night, which I didn't even do when I was pregnant with twins. (sighs) What do I do now?
2: (laughs) I mean, so yeah, like the first step is to go to your family doctor about it, right? Because like those things could be... Other things so too, right? Things. Like you, you want to make sure that it's not just like you're dealing with a urinary tract infection and maybe some depression or, you know, dealing with structural violence all the time can right. also affect these <laughs> sorts of things. <laughs> Yay! Yay! It's right. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So yeah, w- once you've got those ruled out and you're kind of like, okay, well, I want to do something, like there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, so like starting from just some potential lifestyle changes. So like... Stopping smoking um, can sometimes be helpful for like the hot flashes if you're a smoker. And so from there, it's kind of like, okay, so how much how much further do you want to go? Do you want to try some of these natural products? And you mentioned a couple of them. Um, And then there's the hormone therapy, which can look a lot of different ways as well, depending on what you want to treat. So for hot flashes, You want to do the systemic stuff, and if you're just dealing with, like, vaginal dryness or pain with sex, then you might just want to do, like, local hormones, because then you don't have all the risks of the systemic therapy, which can cause, like, blood clots and stuff. Mm. Unlikely, but... You know, if you You never know. Yeah, exactly. If you have some risk factors that make you like, "Mm, you know, I'd really rather not have a clot in my lungs. Um, Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's that's an option too. Um, I prefer
0: no clots in my lungs. Generally
2: preferable. And so, yeah, that's why it's important to talk about Mm -hmm. the risks as well. Um, There's also so with hormone replacement therapy, it was super big in the 90s. Everyone was like, put everybody on the hormones. (laughs) And the reason for that is because hot flashes happen when Because of the changes going on, you're no longer ovulating. That leads to this rapid drop in estrogen. And then that goes to the brain and starts messing with your thermal regulation centers. And so basically you have like this wide window that you're comfortable in for temperatures. And when you drop your estrogen really quickly, it shrinks that window. Mm. So like you're not, you know, whereas before you were able to cope with a wide variety of temperatures and maintain your internal temperature just fine without dramatic measures with it, when that estrogen drops you lead to a bunch of cascades that then mean you have a very narrow window so everyone's looking at you like why are you hot because it's gone up two degrees um and so you're drenched in sweat because your body's reacting outside its normal limits mm. basically take it
0: clitoris now during Clary menopause the menopause symptoms begin headaches insomnia memories
2: Thank
1: you for listening to Yeah What She Said on CGSW 90.9 FM. On this month's episode of Yeah What She Said, Adora is in conversation with Rochelle Schindler and Jennifer Adams, and they're talking all about
2: menopause. I'm
0: going to get a little extra personal with you. How has, you know, perimenopause or menopause affected your personal sex life and please feel free to tell me now nah, I'm not talking about this. I don't need specifics, mm-hmm. but kind of, I want to know physically. Uh, and if you want to share emotionally how it's changed or if there are changes in your relationship or relationships, I'm also open to that, but also no pressure, but really I want to know what I have to look forward to in, <laughs> in my journey for uh, too many "Quote unquote," too many orgasms.
1: Well, I mean, I I don't think that I have been a high libido person to begin with. So with um with these changes, I don't really notice a big change in you know my libido. And right now, I'm living apart from my partner just because I'm here in Calgary right. and he's elsewhere. Um, yeah. So I that I really can't I can't really speak to like. I guess, as experiential as maybe I would like to be able to just because it's just been it's just been that way right, in my right. in my life. You know, it's just been that way. So um, you're
0: good is what you're saying.
1: I'm, I'm OK. I, I am oh, okay i would not say I'm good. I would say I'm OK. Yeah, I would, how, I would. How do we get you to good? <laughs> well, probably, I guess maybe. Increasing my libido in general and then having releases available more well, well, than if, if we could get you like a couple
0: million. I heard that somebody wants some money in Calgary. So yeah. if it's you, Jim, we're gonna you're gonna send yourself to your partner more often. So in your everyday life, you're not really Finding that it's it's an issue.
1: No, I don't know. No. And I don't, you know, and I I know that sometimes women of this age feel that they've become invisible. I really don't feel that. Well, I mean, again, it depends on what spaces I'm in, you know, because speaking of being in Brooklyn and being in like a Caribbean community, like women of all ages are for better or for worse are, you know, approached. Right. Yeah. By, you know, heterosexual men. All kinds. All kinds. And most of it is respectful, you know, and it's and again, it's cultural because if a man says good morning to me and you look nice today, I'm going to respond positively, right. you know, and then as long as that's it and I move on and he moves on. And I find that you still get that. I still get that, okay. you know, and that's, and that's fine. But yeah, when I'm pla- in places like Calgary, I just feel as a black woman, I'm invisible in general. So, I mean, it doesn't make a difference, <laughs> you, know? you know, so, but I do hear, and, and honestly it's mostly white women that I hear complaining about the invisibility and, okay. you know, okay. but in, like I said, when I'm in Brooklyn, I don't necessarily feel that, you know, So,
0: Rochelle, now I'm going to throw back to you and ask you if there are any sort of mental or brain situations that happen that interrupt your sexuality in menopause.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, if you feel tired and are going through hot flashes left, right, and center, most people are not like, "Yes, yeah, sexy times," right? Like you're like, "Get away from me, I'm too hot," and <laughs> oh, and you were trying, you sex creates heat, yeah, debris, and you're yeah. sweating, yeah, exactly. Sometimes. So like, there's just kind of like that general peace. Yeah, and so the changes in your hormone levels, as well, um, are ultimately those are the things that are leading to your sex drive. Um, some people um, do give testosterone therapy if you're really concerned because testosterone is one of the hormones that lead to increased sex drive. Oh, right. okay. But um, you know, estrogen also has a role in that. Progesterone also has a role. It's it's hormones are complicated, and and they often get simplified down to. You know, if you are... Binary
0: boy, girl. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's like
2: everyone produces all three of those right. hormones. and Thank so it's you all for that saying levels. that. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't make your own synthetic, it's fine too. Um, and so, yeah, antidepressants is another thing. So if you're having mood symptoms, you might start on an antidepressant, which also impacts your sexual function sometimes. Uh, the most common class, the SSRIs, uh, serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors.
0: Ooh. Yeah, fancy. fancy. Thank you. <laughs>
2: so the first line... Drugs that your family doctor would probably be starting you on um, can have sexual side effects, particularly relating to the inability to orgasm. It's been studied extensively in people who have penises and showing that they have trouble orgasming. I
0: just rolled my eyes.
2: Yeah, that was a beautiful (laughs) eye roll. And so that's a well-known side effect and sort of they just kind of go on self-reported for people who have vaginas. And so Mm, um, there's been less attention on it, but it's important to think about, um, you know. If, if that's a really key part of your relationship and you need to control your mood, you might want to talk with your partners about that.
0: Right, right. Older women, experienced women, uh, older people who are having menopausal experiences, people with uteruses and uh, ovaries. And let's be clear, not everybody who has a uterus has an ovary. Not everybody who has an ovary has a uterus. And sometimes these things... Uh, are impacted by the changes that we have in our life. What do we do once we're in menopause? And I'm speaking directed a little more to the femme side right now because I feel like um, people who have penises, masculine-presenting people very often, like you said, Rochelle, they've been testing this kind of stuff. They've been researching it. What is it that women who are of, you know, beyond I'm going to say our age, though I'm the oldest person in here.
1: No, you're not.
0: We don't have to fight (laughs) about it. People who are beyond my quote unquote old lady age who are in their 60s or 70s who feel like I still want to be active. Is
1: menopause a thing for that? Or is that something that we're missing? well, I mean, I just read something about what Tina Turner, <laughs> oh, Tina, I love me some Tina, hello, and I don't really see her slowing down, no, you know, I don't see her, and I again i don't I can't really speak to that because I'm not there yet, but i you know, I think it's still like paying attention to the outside and how you present and walking around and feeling sexy, dressing sexy, I don't think that you know, you shouldn't, you should stop wearing those things that make you feel right. like especially Whatever as a, yeah, yeah, and as a femme-presenting woman, I think that it's important for me to continue to get dressed up. I mean, I'm not now, but, you know, <laughs> when i Stop it. Oh, is, You're yeah. beautiful right oh, now. I see you. the bling <laughs> and the sparkles in your eyes and you got a
0: very pretty nose ring. Oh. Stop it. This is radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's
1: true. Okay. But, you know, so I think that, but I, I would imagine you could probably speak more to the physical. Stuff I would imagine that lube is very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's something that's very important. And then I, you know, getting stimulated also is a mine over matter because when I'm speaking of, I guess, my own experience with um with sexuality, I get more turned on by having really deep intellectual conversations mm-hmm. than the um you know than the all like you know bang 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 what yeah. <laughs> you know. So that's that's also important to me, and just having that ongoing um that ongoing dialogue. And for me, I would imagine like going, you know, um, continuing to age and as, you know, as in this body that I have that, that's going to cause me to continue to connect with whatever partners that i come across with and also i will have a lube (laughs) (laughs) thank you for saying like open to
0: different partners so Mm -hmm. um any i'm i'm going to speak to a very specific demographic right now any ladies of a certain age because I know the non-binary is a little hard for some older people more experienced people to understand but if you are a lady And uh, however you got there and you are feeling like you're 65 or 75 or fabulously 80, you are allowed to enjoy yourself. You should enjoy yourself. Menopause does not mean the end of your life because your body is deciding that it is no longer going to create life. I want to ask one last question of Rochelle. When is it that you would go and see a specialist?
2: I would go see a specialist. Well, you have to be referred to see a specialist. So you need to go see your family doctor. Um, And so really important to go see them. Um, If you're having symptoms that don't really make sense to you, if you feel like something's wrong... And I say that because people who are feminine presenting um, generally tend to be not believed when right. they feel something is wrong. Um, and so really important to once you think something's up, you should go in anyway. And if it means advocating for yourself, you should do that. Um, if you are having, um, particularly if you've hit menopause, which means like you've had 12 months with no period, and then you start bleeding again, that's a really important sign to to go see a doctor. Okay. Um, so, you know, po- anything where you're bleeding post-menopause is, it's not your period coming back. It's probably something else. And okay. so you should get that checked out. Usually it's just that vaginal dryness um, thing, uh, in which case we can help out with that. And other reasons to go see a doctor would be yeah. if you are experiencing menopause symptoms before the age of 40. It happens. Okay. It's not uncommon. It's yeah. like 3% of people who menstruate will actually go through menopause before 40. Okay. So important if you're young to go see someone about that. Um, and then there's also just kind of the routine reasons to go see once you're post menopause you're at higher risk for um heart disease you are uh higher risk for having bone loss and fractures so go see your doctor um every five years after sixty five years old okay. um for bone marrow screen- or bone density screening rather um and Yeah, if if you have a problem, you should get it checked out. And whether that means you have pain during sex, uh, whether that means you're having trouble orgasming, um, whether that means you're having bleeding, um, or like you're just not able to tolerate um, the hot flashes. um, Yeah, it's really important to just kind of listen to your body and, and trust yourself.
0: I really want to thank both of you for being here and being open and honest and having the conversation that can be a little bit uncomfortable. I also want to encourage anybody who's listening to Yeah What She Said to let us know how you feel about this issue or any other issues. We are always looking for new ideas, wanting to hear what you want to talk about. And if you want to come on Yeah What She Said Let us know. This is Adora Wolfhard with Rochelle and Jen. Thank you for listening to Yeah What She Said.
2: You may be wondering how we got all this paper inside you.
1: Music in this episode of Yeah What She Said has been from Yeah What She Said alums, Sarahs, And also, you've heard the menopause song by Ellen Dalton. Have a fantastic month and we'll see you again next month.
2: Bye-bye.